everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it is Minute 91, which Mm -hmm. I have beginning with Mike telling William, who said you could sit with us, geek? Yes. Like, as he's, like, pushing him away. Right. And ending with Kenny saying... Yo, you want some of this? And I specifically didn't say Special K saying this because no. it's definitely Kenny. It's Special Kenny, Fa- Aaron. It is. It is Special Kenny. It is he probably Kenny would hate Fisher that name. <laughs> making probably. It is Kenny Fisher making fun of his own alter ego. Yeah, it's like it's a self diss callback. It's amazing. It really is. It's so good. <laughs> But uh, let's go back to um, our first uh, our first ship. Actually, before we get started on that, um, there's a song that I checked to make sure I didn't talk about it in Minute 90 um, that is playing under most of the, um, of the, like, where are they now sort of stuff. Um, okay. And it is called When Will I See You Again? Mm-hmm. And it is by American Soul Group, The Three Degrees. Um, there are three of them. Um, oh, I and... mean, that's conveniently named then. <laughs> so it's so lucky. Um, it was released in 1974. Uh, Billboard named it uh, number 67 on their list of the 100 greatest girl group songs of all time. Uh, it was one of the most successful recordings of the Philly soul era. Uh, it peaked at number two, but was kept out of number one by Kung Fu Fighting. <laughs> the song oh. Kung Fu Fighting. So... Yeah, um, the 70s were a weird time for music, I, I'll tell you what. Um, wow. it I guess did... three, three degrees should have been faster than lightning. Uh, you know, wow, that was, that, was a, that was a great ref. That was a oh, great thank you. 70s music ref. Um, I do have to admit, I did not realize that Kung Fu Fighting was a 70s song. Mm, yeah. I thought it was 90s. Because, probably because I didn't hear it until like middle school, and sure. so I just assumed that it was new to then. Right, Fair, but fair. Yeah, um, it made number one on the adult contemporary chart, uh, number four on the R and B chart, and in the UK, it spent two weeks at the top of the UK singles chart in August of nineteen seventy four. Oh, um, I guess maybe Kung Fu Fighting wasn't as popular in Britain. I guess not. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised to hear that this song was seventies also because mm. it sounds very sixties. Yeah, I think that I think that the Philly Soul. Uh, which is actually interesting because Philadelphia, so it's like, it's okay, we get it, it's Pennsylvania. Right. Um, I think that the idea was, it was like a retro 60s sound, but made by musicians in Philadelphia in the 70s. Okay. I think that's what it was. There was a link for Philly Soul, but I didn't click on it, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Okay. Um, And then it uh, it was number 75 on the year-end chart for the hot 100 for the year 1975 so i guess it kind of stuck around for a little bit okay um so i mean it's a good song it's very catchy oh i love it i I think it's and it's very well used here um yeah for sure uh what's interesting one interesting thing is all the lyrics are questions um really yeah there's no uh there's no answers kind of like love you know yeah Kind of like love. <laughs> From now on, we're only going to ask questions on this podcast for the rest of this episode, right? <laughs> I think so, but do you think that's a good idea? No. So the next thing no. I have... 
so after uh, Mike pushes, um, or kind of freak, because I think the order it goes is, um, Mike freaks out. Hey, what makes you think you can sit with us, geek? Then Jock number one says, "Yeah, shouldn't you be at home playing with your computer?" Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure Mike pushes uh, William's face away, saying, "Why don't you go home and watch Star Trek, Urkel?" Yeah. I noted that he touched his face. Uh huh. So it's like, get out of here, but let me touch your face. Uh huh. You know. Now the touching of the face, just you know, lest anybody listening has not seen the movie and thinks that it was like a tender lover's touch. It was very definitely like he palmed William's face and shoved it away from him. But they, but he still touched his sweet, tender face. He did so, still so. touch his face. I just want to be, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that our listeners are clear the type of touch that right. it was. Exactly. It was at least outwardly mm-hmm. not a uh, positive yeah. experience for William. Mike's tough exterior has fallen down once again into his mm-hmm. into place. Um, so I took a couple notes on Star Trek and Urkel. Okay. Um, I We've talked about Star Trek previously because of Klingons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to, the question I asked myself as I was listening to this song with full of questions was, was there, what, what period of time was there where there was a Star Trek thing every year until 1998? Like what, at what period of time was, did they release something from Star Trek every year? Okay, I don't know. I know that when I was in high school is when, well, it may not have been when Voyager was on, but it was when my dad was watching Voyager. Mm-hmm. It may have been reruns. It uh, it looks like it was uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, which came out in 1986. Because um, then Next Generation ran from 87 to 94. Um, okay. And Final Frontier and Undiscovered Country uh, came out in 89 and 91, which were two movies. Then Deep Space Nine was from ninety three to ninety nine. Um, okay. And then so that I mean that takes us up through. But then uh, Generations was in ninety four and Voyager was in ninety five. Um, <clears throat> okay, so he would he would have been watching reruns of Voyager then. Ninety five to oh one. Ni- uh, oh yeah, your dad would. Have oh ninety five yeah, yeah. to oh one. Yeah, yeah. Oh okay, so so around this time he would have been. It may have been reruns, or it could have been new. I don't know. Right. It may it may have been like a rerun followed by a new one. Yeah. Who knows. UPN 20 did a lot of weird stuff yes, like that. Four, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 different uh, Star Trek uh, properties were out uh, when uh, Can't Hardly Wait takes place. And the oh. the movie Star Trek Insurrection uh, would come out in December of that year. So Okay. But that includes well, like shows and animated series and all sorts of other, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but... So. Still. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I think Star Trek was a pretty um, accurate reference for Mike to pull. Because sure. chances are very good that at, that William was at some point going to be watching <laughs> one of the 13 Star Trek <laughs> options that he I, had. I love the idea of an alternate uh, an alternate uh, script where he's like, why don't you go home and watch Star Trek, Urkel, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, and William's like, fine, I will. Yep. And then the epilogue is like, William went home and watched Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he enjoyed it very much. Um, mm-hmm. Then Urkel, um, I did some research on Family Matters, but with a specific focus on Steve Urkel, who I wrote as Stephen Urkel because I remembered that it was Stefan Urkel. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so Stephen Urkel, because I was mostly thinking about, do I think it was a PH or a V? And it is a V. Okay. Uh, but my 
autocorrect or Chrome's like help you while you're writing thing was like, mm-hmm. dude, it's Steve. And I was like, okay, weird thing to know autocorrect, but good <laughs> note, good note. <laughs> um, <laughs> autocorrect knows it's late 80s slash early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, pop culture references. Yeah, um, and what a great tie-in. Uh, Family Matters. Steve Urkel is a character from Family Matters, which was on from eighty-nine to ninety-eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking it was more like eighty-seven to ninety-six, but mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so Urkel or Steve, Family Matters uh, ended. Wait, this is important. I didn't make this connection. Hold on one sec. Family Matters ended July seventeenth, nineteen ninety-eight. So. Like a month after this uh, movie takes place, yeah, Family Matters ended. So, yeah. Um, but okay. So, uh, the show uh, halfway through the first season, the show introduced the Winslow's nerdy neighbor Steve Urkel, mm-hmm. who was originally scripted to appear as a one-time character. However, he quickly became the show's breakout character and eventually the main character, joining the main cast. Uh, having run for nine seasons, Family Matters became the second longest-running non-animated U.S. sitcom with a predominantly African-American cast, behind only The Jeffersons. And then, in terms oh. of episodes, uh, it's third behind Tyler Perry's House of Pain and The Jeffersons, um, which okay. have 254 and 253, respectively. Um, it was a Perfect Strangers spinoff, which I didn't know. Do you remember? Do you know Perfect Strangers? I'm aware of it like i've heard of it but i don't know anything about it the the the, um it was the 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 premise is this what if an american had to live with a a eastern european guy oh my god that'd be so crazy that's the that's the premise of perfect strangers okay uh yeah why perfect strangers was super popular and bosom buddies only lasted for a couple of seasons uh baffles me yeah perfect strangers was eight seasons long um jeez so and but Bosom Buddies fam- was what, like two? I think it was two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing is, so in the original airing of, of Family Matters, uh, Steve Urkel uh, appears in episode 12 when Carl Winslow, the dad, gets him, basically asks him to take Laura to a dance. And mm-hmm. her brother Eddie asks one of his friends to do the same thing. And she's embarrassed because she can get a date on her own or whatever, you know, right. sitcom. Uh, but in syndication, they made a new cold open for episode four of season one, which featured Steve Urkel um, oh. in the cold open. So it was like, they're like, this guy was super popular. Let's re refigure our episode to have him introduced earlier. And I think that's wild. That is wild. <laughs> Did they go back and re like film a whole new cold open? I don't know. Or splice a new cold open together from previously filmed footage. I, I would have to imagine that, I would have to imagine they wouldn't have done it originally. So I would have to imagine that they would have had to see how he was a breakout character and filmed it like sometime in season one. Well, then when did it get syndicated? That's a good question. I was going to say, because if it got syndicated later, I mean, he was like that show ran for long enough that there was a substantial aging that happened between season one and season eight or whatever. Uh, It says in 1993... Uh, Warner Brothers began distributing Family Matters for broadcast in off-network syndication. Okay, so three years, I can see how, for the purposes of a, you know, two-minute cold open. Yeah. 
he yeah. wouldn't have aged that much. Yeah, but I mean, and they could, and I mean, I can imagine that they were like, well, I mean, yeah, so maybe they didn't. Yeah, because like I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say maybe they filmed it at the end of season one when he was super popular. But it'd be wild if they were like, let's film this for syndication. <laughs> let's assume we're yeah. gonna get syndicated. I mean, it's possible that they filmed it during season one as like a backup cold open. Like, mm-hmm. let's film a couple. Yeah. And that way we'll have, like, in case one of them ends up not working out, we'll have right. this backup one that we can throw in. Because usually, I don't remember that show specifically, but a lot of the time the cold opens don't have anything to do with the main episode. Right. Yeah. That's So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and that's what I have on Why Don't You Go Watch Star Trek Urkel. Okay. Uh, then Mike does the, oh, I wrote Mike glasses. Make glasses by inverting your hands thing. Yep. Yeah, um, listener, if you don't know what that is, uh, make two okay signs with each of your hands, mm-hmm. then twist them so that your palms are on your face, mm-hmm. and the your fingers are hanging down like you're wearing Elton John glasses. Yep, they're like down by your jaw. Yeah, actually, you probably will have to prop your fingers against your jaw in order to get your hands to do this. Yeah. Um. At all effectively. I don't know. Maybe my wrists just don't bend that way very easily. It's definitely a, a thing that, like, you have to figure out what muscles are going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you you looked like you did it just now much more easily than I feel like I did. I feel... I felt like it was easy. I don't know how long it's been since I've done that, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't I'm know. just, like... My- my wrists don't bend backwards that way unless I kind of force it by putting my fingers on my chin. Like I get a, a real pull through like the outside yeah. of my hand and like halfway up my forearm. It's a good workout for that. Yeah, it's uh, a good little stretch. Yeah. I suggest everyone give it a shot. And take pictures and send them to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you can manage to take a selfie while you're doing that, that would be great. For sure. Yeah, please do. Then we begin the uh, trope of the movie, uh, which uh, mm-hmm. TVTropes.com calls the Where Are They Now epilogue. Yeah. Um, I confirmed that uh, this was introduced in, say it with me now, kids, American Graffiti, uh-huh. um, which uh, is one of the more, like, the, it's it's a serious epilogue. Like, Aaron, like, spoilers for American Graffiti, go watch that movie. It's a great movie, but, like... They're like, yay, we kind of have a happy ending. And then the epilogues are like, so-and-so died in Vietnam. So-and-so died in a car crash. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why, like, why is the epilogue the tragedy? Why do we squeeze tragedy into these four sentences that appear over a plane flying away? Right. It's, it's weird. Um, but that is where it was introduced. But then in the late 70s, it was in Animal House. Okay. And it was humorous. Okay. And I think everyone was like, hey, remember that real bummer that uh, that happened in 1974 when American Graffiti did this crap? Well, Ameri- uh, Animal House just did it and it was funny. Have we... Let's do that from now on. So now yeah. basically all of the um, all of the epilogues are at least less serious and tragic than American Graffiti through to, you know, as hilarious and ironic as Animal House's are. Yes. Um, the one I remembered, I remembered uh, American Graffiti and Animal House and That Thing You Do. Um, mm-hmm. I remember That Thing You Do. But TVTropes.com, uh, you scroll, it's a, 
I'm sure it's a there's lot. tons. <laughs> yeah, of the three you have mentioned, that thing you do is the only one I've seen, which yeah. is why that is the one that I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's this one, and then like there's there's also like I was like, oh yeah, I guess they do that in that one too. Oh yeah, I guess like like the Sandlot, they have sort of a voiceover. Where oh, are they yeah. now? Um, yeah, they do. But like, it's such a common trope now that that it feels like okay. But uh, TV tropes noted that Can't Hardly Wait was unique. And we're gonna find out about what why that is in the next minute. So let's move on with this minute. Okay. Uh, we get the first epilogue we get is for William, who, uh, having been shoved in his face, uh, sort of collects himself and sort of. Yeah, it's a very like I should have known better. Yeah. Why did I expect anything else? Yeah. From this exchange expression yeah. that he's wearing. You could do a before and after picture of when he came into the diner and when he left yeah. the diner. <laughs> and there'd be like yeah. a storm cloud over leaving the diner. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah. It does like a freeze frame as he's pushing the door of the diner open. Yeah. It, and... The freeze frame, like... Did the, your freeze frame, like, jiggle? I don't think so. I like, but what? I was also... go. I was, like, pausing and go and unpausing and going back and forth... Because I was watching on my phone, so I had paused it, and then I kept having uh, to tap the screen to make it, right, like not turn off. Because I was trying to copy down what the epilogue said. Right. Would you like to read it, or shall I? I can read it. It says William went to Harvard, where he became one of the most popular students. He also formed a software company that is now valued at forty million dollars. He is currently dating a supermodel. So I've I've. Two thoughts. I have one thought that I always think when mm-hmm. I when I watch this movie, and I have one that I have literally never thought before, but now I can think of nothing else. Okay. Number one, don't you think it's weird that they're basically saying this is Bill Gates? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, right down to, I wonder if that's why they named the character William. That's how I remember that his name is William. Like, I'm like, well, I mean, like, we've been watching it, but, like, in, in yeah. the off-season, in the time when we're not doing Can't Hardly Wait, you know, the <laughs> right. other rest of time, uh-huh. I'm like, what's that guy's name? Bill. Bill Gates. Bill William. Got it. William. Like. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, So, then I started to look up uh, what $40 million in 1998 money would be in 2020 money. Okay. And then I was like wait a minute, this isn't 1998 money because it's saying in the future he is worth $40 million. And I was like, wait, when does this movie take place? Well, if the movie takes place in 1998, yeah, then 2002 would have been college graduation. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, you're right, because it's now valued. Yeah, when is now? And that happens for a number of different uh, epilogues that we're going to see. Yeah! <laughs> like, what is, what, this, I thought this was present day. What is, what is going on here? Yeah, I mean, what it should say is William will go to Harvard and become yes. one of the most popular students. He will also form a software company that will become valued at $40 million and will be dating a supermodel. Right. Parentheses, Christy Turlington. I mean, like, right. just let's just say it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that n- literally never would have occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Me neither. What the fuck? <laughs> because it's like, it's like, oh, okay, so this has been taking place from the future the whole time. But everything <laughs> in the movie, like all of the costuming, all of the music, like it's all... It all yeah. screams out, this is 1998. Absolutely. At the, don't we see, like, congratulations, Huntington High School class of 1998? Yes. So that the, the epilogue takes, the epilogue writer lives in, in a future from 1998. Yeah, the <laughs> epilogue writer must exist post-2002. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a wild. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It ruins the whole thing. <laughs> hey, hey, Harry and Deborah. Yeah. What What's going on? What the fuck? <laughs> and if you and what if this were was you intentional, thinking? now if this was a joke, if this is playing on the trope of the epilogue, you didn't go big enough. I'm sorry, you didn't yeah. go big enough. You got to go with like, and then. At the at the you know the cold dark death of the earth, uh, William uh, had turned his body into a computer and shot himself off into space. Like just go big or go home. Right. <laughs> like well, if honestly, even the past tense mm-hmm. doesn't bother me. Like William went to Harvard. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. That's kind of what you expect in an epilogue. Sure. It's the fact that it then switches tense mm-hmm, to present tense. Yep. I hate it, James. Yep. I really hate it. Yep. It's, I, I, man, you saying William will go to Harvard sounds so much better. It's it so does. much of a better writing of that, of what they're going for. Oh, man. Whew. Well, so. should we move on to what Mike will be doing in the present? Yes, in the right, past, in, in the past slash present slash future. Um, just real quick, shout out to Peter Facinelli for allowing himself to be still shotted with those glasses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's a serious actor. Like I mean, like he's like a serious actor. And in yeah. this movie, I can very distinctly picture him with uh, hand glasses. Hand glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Same. Like. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, at college, Mike drank too much and lost his football scholarship. He is now 40 pounds overweight and was fired from his job at the car wash after some incriminating Polaroids surfaced. Yikes. So, gross. Thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, Did William finally get his revenge? Oh, okay. I thought your thoughts on this were going to be... Like, how fat shamey and, like, elitist is this? Which were what my thoughts were. But I I think that William only... See, I think it only counts as revenge if the person you are getting it against is aware that you are getting it. Okay, fair. So it only counts if William is aware that Mike is aware that William did so well for himself. Oh no! I mean, I mean, did William uh, make those photos surface? Oh, oh! I thought you meant like, is this adequate? You know, a, like karmic oh, no, no. bitch slap? No, no, no! Um, like, like he's oh. the CEO of Microsoft. Couldn't he put that in the car wash CEO's secret rich guy inbox? Probably, but that seems 
it <sighs> it's it's a weird thing to fire a guy for it is a weird thing to fire a guy for i wonder if well so i want to know how much in the like how far in the future again how far in the future does this epilogue take place because if this is you know when mike is 40 it doesn't make sense that maybe somebody who remembers his glory days in high school like worked for the police force and found these things in an evidence locker. Right. But if it's 2002, it's possible that somebody who was maybe in middle school but had an older sibling who went to school with Mike is like, <laughs> hey, I recognize this younger, guy. Yearbook girl or reminiscing guy's younger sibling who remembers... Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely everything. Exactly. (laughs) But like, you would think that if anything, these incriminating Polaroids surfacing would do more damage to William, who is famous, than to Mike, who has, as far as this epilogue is concerned, amounted to nothing. Right. And I just want to touch on the the fat, Jamie. I don't know... From my personal perspective, I don't think of this as fat shaming. They're not placing a value judgment on it. I think that it's more of a he prided himself in being a statue of a Adonis of a man. And That's now fair. he's 40 pounds overweight and and unemployed. That's fair. Okay. I think that that's all I that's all that's all I took it. I mean cuz I like be, I think you could I think you easily make the opposite argument just very easily that it's like what a loser he got fat. But well, yeah, and yeah. I th- I mean, yeah. I think as far as Mike is concerned, it would be it's the negative. So Right. There's yeah. it it's a it's a real fine line. And it Don't feels like that- very late 90s type of <laughs> you got a beer gut. Right, kind of like fat. Chip McNeely. like kind of like, yeah, exactly, like that kind of like quote unquote fat humor, right? Which, yeah, because like forty, pounds I, I hate even saying like, fat humor. Yeah, forty pounds yeah. overweight is not, yeah, like <laughs> for, considering that. I mean, I guess it depends on how tall would you say Mike is? Six feet. Yeah, because like six. Like, 40 pounds on someone who's 6 feet is going to be way different from 40 pounds on someone who's 5'6". Right. I mean, I would kill to be 40 pounds overweight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas 40 pounds overweight on my much shorter than you frame would be a significant difference from where I am now. Peter Facinelli is 5'11". Okay, so you were right about 6 feet. I'm going to say we didn't talk about that when we talked about Peter Facinelli and I'm just amazing at at engaging people's height. I think that's probably true. Also, just because Peter Facinelli is 5'11 doesn't mean that Mike Dexter isn't an even six feet. That's true. That's true. That is true. Um, You know what? I bet Mike Dexter is 5'11 and a half, but that half inch, he he fudges uh, up to six feet. He like spikes his hair a little. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wears, Wears stripes. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. So then we cut to Denise, who's coming back inside from having talked to Preston, I remembered. One thing I do want to mention, I took a note that says, Jock number one calls Mike a genius. Yeah. Right, right after Mike's thing flashes. And I don't know if it's 
a response to the Urkel comment or the glasses thing that Mike is doing. But I do think that jock number one calling him a genius is hilarious. I think it's I think it's hilarious too. I also listener, if you're watching this movie for the first time, try and focus on jock number two, who, in our headcanon of the minutes of editing from a couple weeks ago, we said that he was probably like he and his girl probably dipped out because they were mm-hmm. like this is lame. He has a very why am I friends with these people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Like, he has, like, a smile, sort of like a, heh, but he is not cracking up. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and jock number three is, like, a quarter of his face is featured on the screen in this minute, which bothered me a little bit because I've been, I told you, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, that Kevin's been watching Bull, and that yeah. actor is one of the leads on Bull. And if yeah. you know it's him, you can kind of see it. But, like, I'm watching him play, like, a defense attorney and trying to, like, superimpose the image of that over the image of, ah, ah. She's got (laughs) her parents. They got mirrors on the ceiling. Ah. I'm going to be like this. Ah, ah. And, and, like, I can't can't do it. I know it's the same guy. And he doesn't even not look like the same guy. But I cannot... Right. Make my brain reconcile the fact that it's the same person. Yeah, I think his character on Six Feet Under is the exact middle between those two characters. Like, oh, okay, okay. Kind of a kind of a, a dingus, but also good at his job. Like, okay. <laughs> so interesting. So okay. Yeah. Well, then you know what? Good job, Freddie Rodriguez, for being an right. extremely versatile actor over the exactly. course of the past 20 years. Exactly. I think he I think his career pretty much went from not John Logazamo to serious actor Freddie Rodriguez, mm-hmm. you know, supporting actor on Bull. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, good for him. Very well, good. Well, and for honestly, him. the only reason I would say that he qualifies as supporting actor as opposed to like equal part lead is because his name isn't the name of the show right like he's easily in just as much of the story and as many scenes as michael weatherly is it'd be hilarious if his name was like um miguel toro (laughs) (laughs) it would be but unfortunately for him his his name is benjamin cologne it's spelled colon but pronounced cologne that's and it amazing I say it's unfortunate for him only because, like, I'm sure that that is an actual last name yeah. that many people have. And you know that they get made fun of Oh yeah, in, like, middle school. And I just feel, like, I feel for them. Yeah. 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 Mm. But. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have uh, Denise coming in from talking to Preston. Yep. Uh, approaching Kenny. He turns and looks at her. And says, yo, you want some of this? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm pretty sure he's talking about himself and not the hot chocolate. Huh. Maybe he's talking about both and she, and he's leaving it up to her to decide. What what fun wordplay. Good job, Special Kenny. Yeah. Because, like, it's, he's kind of turned to face her and he doesn't, like, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't seem to, like, gesture to the hot chocolate. It seems right. to be like a... Hey, give me some sugar, baby, kind of thing. I'm I'm all the hot chocolate you need. Once again, you are white. Stop saying that. Hey, white chocolate is... 
technically, I guess, chocolate. It's butter and sugar formed into a bar. <laughs> it's it's more chocolate than, say, a tire of a car. It Yes. It is more chocolate. Categorically. It is more chocolate than... Well, no, it's probably about as much chocolate as a gummy bear. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but more chocolate than, like, a carrot. Sure, sure. It has a higher sugar content, like yeah, chocolate. Yeah. Okay. So like an apple. Yeah. Yeah. Eating white chocolate is like having an apple. I, you know, my I tell my dentist that every time I go. <laughs> they say an apple and, a day keeps the dentist away. You know. They, a do white, they say that? A white chocolate a day. Yeah, you've never heard that phrase. The doctor away. Is it the doctor? Yeah. Oh. Nothing can stop the dentist. That's the rest of that uh, that saying. Oh, okay. It keeps the doctor away, but you can't stop the dentist. He's like death. He will find you. I was going to cut this whole section where I sound like an idiot, but that was really funny, so I guess I have to leave it in. <laughs> you know what, guys? It's really tired. No, God. It's really tired? <laughs> it's really late. I'm really tired. Pennywise sitting over in a chair in the corner like, ugh. What a day. I'm so tired. It's been a very long week. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lemon, it's Tuesday. Um, but that's in a minute, though. We yes. can do social media. We could have easily jumped to social media before. Yeah. Well, and we're at like 35 minutes now, so. Are we? No, we're not. Are we not? Good Lord. No, we are. Yeah. Okay. Let's do some quick social media. We are on Twitter as a podcast at je underscore minute movies. Individually, if you want to tell me what an idiot I am for not knowing basic idioms, uh, you can do so at Unabashedly Aaron. And uh, please do not tell my dentist that I am at Unabashed James. Do not tell them. We're proud members of the Scavengers Network on Twitter at ScavengersNet and on the internet at large at Scavengers Network. Dot com. Yes, it's dot com. It's dot com. That's it. That's it. That's the minute. That's the whole minute. I'm tired. It's bedtime. Time is honeys. Chocolate covered hot dogs. Go oh, then. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.